All right, baby. We're rolling. All right, dog. And now, the deep homie guide to the 21st century. Deep homies, fools, goons, lovers, saints, sinners, and I'm looking at you, Paul Wood. Sinners, how we doing, buddy? Oh, man. Uh, I will quote the Drew Carey show's uh, theme song. I say, living in sin with a safety bin. Don't know what it means, but uh, <laughs> it always sounded fun when they sang it, right? Uh, yeah, man. Just kidding. Just kidding. Totally saint. Yeah, well, uh, welcome back to the viewers to the listeners, to the Deep Homie Guide to the 21st Century. I'd also like to, I've been doing a lot of research on technology. I'd like to greet all the uh, earthlings and uh, in the future and the robots and the search engine crawlers and all the other people who might be listening to this as a strange digital artifact from the beginning times of digital. They weren't a new, like all this research I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of research on blockchain lately, P. Oh yeah? Yes. And I'm trying to get my head around it and that caused me to do a whole warp, like whole warp around all of the communication and all of the industrial and all the revolution that has happened in the last two, three, four hundred years. And, uh, you know, it's weird. Like after doing all that research, I realized that like, we're, we're like in this, like digital is new. Like this is this whole, like, like just, uh, you don't need wires. You don't need, everything's wireless and everything's cloud based and all this other stuff. And we're all connected like this. Like this is so new. The internet came out like in 90, Two or ninety three mm. to the public. Like this is all the stuff we take for granted. Like that's the why cell it became public. Stuff. Before that, it was what uh, military and government. Yeah, it was like this. It was originally called this thing called like ARPANET. Oh, so it was like this whole uh, project uh, that basically connected computers at Stanford and UCLA together. Gotcha. So like, uh, yeah, man, it's just like uh, wow, we've come such a far away. Like cause from from that to just to now, like everything is just. Everything's based on the and, and all the internet is is basically just computers connected together. Mm-hmm. And all a computer is is something that can do a lot of processing power, pretty much more processing power at this point than a human brain can do. And we're just connecting all that stuff up, which allows us to communicate at like warp speed, man. It's like absolutely the webbing, if you will, of the internet. It is the, the worldwide web interlocking webbing. I gotta turn this web. We gotta we gotta give thanks to P. Daddy Woods today because he has said, look at this. This man has set up this whole wonderful real podcasting station so that I don't have to be stressed out with that little micro podcasting station and doing everything in post. This guy's doing it live. He's doing a live mix. He's going to get the – you're going to get the vinyl next time, right? We're going to get – Yeah, yeah. If, if it sounds like crap, we know who to blame today. <laughs> <laughs> I think Absolutely. it sounds good to my ears right now. Absolutely. Although this new – I got a new mic over here. Hopefully – it sounds a little odd right now, but hopefully it will sound good in the mix. I don't know what the deal is. Oh, okay. All right. Backing off of that sounding good thing. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I don't think it's so even it you. It sounds good except for right here. It doesn't sound good in my ears. <laughs> All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. So here we are. This is the the ninth iteration of the Deep Homie Guide. Wow. We're Looks coming. like we made it. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to make it until till 1,000. Yeah, I'm like a part-time member. You know what I mean? I'm just here sometimes. You are not a part-time member. You don't get to step, <laughs> take out responsibility. You're a founding father. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's and literally, a father. He's not a priest. And uh, <laughs> I just been like a dad. I know. Uh-huh. P. Daddy Well, that's what Woods. I said in that one on the second episode. 
Yeah, I know. That's this but is all, my nickname these are all is not plural though, right? It's P Daddy Wood, right? No, it's P Daddy Woods, just because oh, it sounds better. Oh, okay. All right. All right. I get like, well, it's like you're if you want to be P Daddy Wood, like that's cool. But I, for some reason, I just feel like there's a ring to P Daddy Woods. All right, listen. Fine, I'll go with that. It's the only plural situation. Uh, is my nickname. All I right. mean, look, it's a nickname. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, you're Paul Wood, and I'm Caramanthy. This whole Deep Homie K thing is, is just a, you know, it's just a, a device to try to. You know, get the people to think I'm cool, but it's not going to work. So, everyone <laughs> <laughs> thinks you're really cool. Oh, yeah. Every time someone, gives every me a time I tell something, you know, that Karam fella, he's one one bright uh, young whippersnapper. That's what they come across <laughs> with. Yeah, that's a weird. What? Yeah. What yeah. is the definition of a whippersnapper? <laughs> Let's go ahead and Jamie this. Uh, why do I think this this is going to be like a young and inexperienced offenses. person considered to be presumptuous or overconfident? <laughs> <laughs> that is about what I am, right? Like, look, I'm, I'm out here trying to start a podcast about fucking shit I don't even know about. But that's the whole point, right? It's like a it's a journey to try to figure out how to live well in the 21st century, happy, healthy, wealthy in the 21st century, changing times. And uh, I don't proclaim to know everything. That's why I like that you're on the podcast. I'm glad that we're getting more guests in the podcast. It's a journey of trying to discover more and learn more and uh, develop a lifestyle, I guess. Yeah. And our guest to... today, Elon Musk. No. I, I mean, that is kind of like the goal, basically, <laughs> really, is to get guys like that on. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. Uh, yeah. Who's to say, huh? You know? He seems like a really cool guy if you listen to him in interviews. Super chill for a robot. Or an alien. <laughs> he seems a lot less alien-like than some of the podcasts you and I watched in preparation for talking about uh, no blockchain doubt. today. No doubt. Um, shout out to uh, what's his name? What's the gentleman's name? Buterik of uh, Vitalik Buterin. I didn't know how to guess on that last name, but yeah, Vitalik, I believe. Vitalik Buterin, founder, the founder of Ethereum. Yes, basically a Martian that came from outer space to enlighten us humans. So. Uh, uh, and then also we've been watching. I've been watching a lot of the Lex. Shout out to the Lex Friedman podcast. Yeah. Another uh, very robotic man, but actually I think has a little bit of charisma. But these are uh, some of these next level shits I'm been diving into to try to get into this tech world. And you and I are more used to like, I don't know, just like personalities. Andrew Schultz, Bill Burr, yeah, like Joey yeah, entertaining Diaz, people, entertaining are, people who that are, are like fun to listen to. Yeah, they keep it. They keep it going. They like keep... Nate Bragazzi, super funny. <laughs> Who's that one dude? Uh, Grantland dude that you listen to on uh, Bill Simmons. Bill, everybody, every thirty somethings favorite sports podcast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> talking about my identity. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, at least you sl- you still slide into millennial status. That's cool. Oh, thanks so much. Right? What year were you born? Uh, nineteen forty-two. Eighty-six. Yeah, yeah. You're six years into millennialism. I know, right? It's uh. I, well, if you think about what a millennial is, I guess it's the it's sort of the generation that saw like this change to the digital world, right? It's like we had a vague recollection of everything before. We still use tele- landline telephones. Yeah, we knew. I knew the waking hell of not having AOL. You know. Yeah, I, the I, I grew stuff. up with that. And well, then, like then the, we phone, had it. the yeah. phone was like weirdly busy. Mm-hmm. Like, who's using the internet in the house? Yep, yeah. Is that what the noise was? Wee? It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was more caustic than that. But like. Uh, you know, we're wearing cans, so I don't want to blow up our ears. Um, it was like we a fax machine. Mike. That's what I usually do if I yell. Like Bill Burr does that on his podcast. He goes, uh, get out of the clock. You know, like that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you I, can do that if you need to. So it's like a <laughs> Oh, there's a hiss? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. The Vokes ain't quite warmed up yet, but yeah, that's yeah. something in that category. Um, yeah, it was like a fax machine noise uh, to simplify it. If you remember fax machines. Do you remember fax machines? My dad still has a fax machine because he runs a home office. 
How um, often does he use that? Well, the interesting thing about that is he actually doesn't use it as a – it is a fax machine, but he actually runs it through the internet. Mm. There's no actual fax line like or whatever the hell they used to use as the fax line. Like there's no noises and all that other stuff. Like Really? It's uh, I think that the telephone was what you used to use, use for the fax line. I, I I don't know. So if it runs through the internet, internet, uh, is it j- just like printing out emails for him? It's like, pr- it's printing out faxes, but it's like through some weird app. Oh, okay. You know, so this is like this is the digitization of everything. Everything is just through the cloud. Now yeah. you don't need the actual hardware anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like we, well, we have the hardware here. Uh, these are all circuits running analogs. Well, maybe the some of them might be analog. Some might be digital circuits in here. Okay, running right, but then mm-hmm. it's actually going into your MacBook, which is doing most of that shit digitally. It's like you got digital compressors on our voices. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. We don't actually have any like tubes in there. Like yeah, we're not running compression through this or something under underneath the hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, it's weird, man. It's like everything's just like a, a fake version of like what it used to be. I, I do kind of miss telephones though a little bit. Like I liked telephones. I liked. Uh, I always liked buttons. I miss buttons. You ever miss? Like I think I've talked in the podcast before. Missing uh, maybe the last one I talked about. Missing the the digi- the real keyboards on those uh, smart. Not even smartphones. Yeah, I think, the phones uh, in, like two thousand eleven. Your friend. I don't remember your British Sad. friend. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he was talking about how he was getting like a retro phone, wasn't he? He's trying to move back in time over here, and yeah. that's uh, one technique. That's one technique, man, as we go into this uh, accelerated space of digitization. It's like, whoa, Bessie, can we pull the reins on this thing? Like, Sometimes it's getting out of – I don't know. It seems like you're a pretty integrated uh, guy, but there's a lot of people no, – I don't even touch technology. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> you're, you're literally like – I'm in enraptured stew, you're like by in it. You're like a stew of the shit. <laughs> um, like, I, I know like, especially a lot of boomers and stuff, like, they won't even use Facebook and mm-hmm. things like that. And that's something that, that happened this week. Or the last couple of weeks was like you and I were talking about targeted ads. That was fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty messed up in general. Uh, my son uh, did not want to sit down during dinner. Uh, didn't listen to the mom, her, his mom, uh, my wife. So uh, I had to get involved eventually and tell him to sit at the table. Then I said, "Fine, if you're not going to sit at the table, you need to sit on the stairs. That's the timeout location in our house." Uh, that escalated further because he did not want to sit on the stairs. Uh, and then eventually that went upstairs with him. Uh, there was a shouting match where I eventually did win the shouting match against a four-year-old. Uh, <laughs> That's and, my favorite part of this. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I won, okay? Uh, but it was, it was a bit much, but it was, it was not like violent. It was just a volume, you know, uh, of, of, of words and then and, later on, you and then later into your on, Facebook. after logged after everything Facebook. harmony was restored in our household, things were going great. We even had a, a four part harmony family sing along. That's not true, but <laughs> yeah, you know it was everything was fine. Uh, uh, next quartet. time I looked at my phone, uh, uh, I looked at my Facebook, and there was an advertisement for Audible, which I am a member of, I uh, subscribe to, but uh, Audible, uh, the Amazon owns service, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe? Amazon owns it, and uh, it was a, it was an advertisement to sign up today for Audible, and uh, they had book suggestions on there, and the book suggestions were like anger management and parenting, or the <laughs> how to discipline your child, things of that nature. Were were so like people so say, almost, hey, they're always listening. They listening. They're always listening. I don't know what volume they're listening, but if you're shaking the walls with your voice. Your phone is listening to you. That's that that much we know. You watch the social <laughs> dilemma, right? The social dilemma. Yeah, I thought you were going to say social network. I did watch the social dilemma. Uh, um, that was like the uh, 
Was that like a more than one part series uh, on Netflix, or was that... I only got through one of the parts, and I barely got through it. It was kind of for me. It was it wasn't the most interesting thing in the world, but it had a lot of information that I found useful, and it was essentially cutting to the chase. These social media companies, hey, they're not really free. You don't pay any money to be on them, mm-hmm. but hey, they're actually like the cost is they're actually taking your data and selling it to big corporations so they can sell you more shit. That's like the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that. Uh, that data is a uh, is a reflection of my failings as a dad. Dad, <laughs> I guess. I don't think apparently. that you fa- look. Uh, it doesn't sound like. You, at least, could you imagine like uh, if there were like uh, child protective services ads or something like that? That'd be even more ridiculous. Or like, you, what if you got a call from child protective? I mean, I wouldn't. I can. I, I can envision a future like in maybe twenty years where like you actually get a call from CPS, like because, because Facebook told them. Well, it's it's on the verge of being there, isn't it? Really. This is something I don't like. I'm not sure how I feel about the invasion of privacy with all this. Like, on the one hand, because I'm not, uh, I'm not like a secret agent. I'm not like a a, a big corporate. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not a, a murderer. It's like, do I really care that much if they're spying on me and finding out that I fucking whatever? Like, I don't know. But at the same time, though, it makes me kind of like not want to have the app. Like, if you if you just access it through the like, if you on your phone, right, and like you just use maybe if you if you have Facebook. You just go through Chrome, or you go through Brave, or you go through Safari. Mm. Maybe that would prevent it Here's the from thing. listening in. Here's the thing: is being an older millennial like myself, I know how to download the app, and I know how to use the app, but I don't know how to delete them. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, in a lot it's of just phones, I mean, well, I'm too old. A lot like, of phones do come delete. with Facebook yeah. by yeah. default. Yeah. I would I would even wonder at this point. It's not like Facebook is the only one that does this. Like YouTube Google, does it big time. YouTube, Google Drive, both owned by Google. Uh, all this stuff. I, I imagine there's so many things being like collecting your data. It's almost going to be impossible to avoid it. Rather um, than uh, so I don't know. It might be one of those things. Like I don't know. I've jokingly before when having a very serious conversation, I've turned my phone upside down and I'm like. Whispering about whatever whatever thing I didn't want the government. to I hear. had a family member that got really conspiratorial. A lot of people got conspiratorial back in November and December. You know, with the whole the whole Trump versus Biden uh, like vote count. Bah, oh, bah, 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 I think bah. I heard a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, right wing conspiracy stuff going on. And I remember I'm not going to name the family member, but I remember they literally like we went to like a pizzeria or something, and I'm like. She was like, "I gotta tell you something," or they were like, "I gotta tell you something," or whatever. And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Turn your phone off." I was like, "What?" So we had to turn our phones off <laughs> before this information was given. I was and like, "And then it was Damn. just an advertisement to join Amway." <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think we've all got uh, uh, some tinfoil hats uh, wearing, folks. And uh, honestly, if someone does that to you, can I advise you to please turn your phone off as long as you don't think you're going to get kidnapped and get ready for the best conversation you're going to have that day, okay? It's going to be at least the most interesting, Yeah. okay? Because it is. It is. It, a lot of the conspiracies are the best possible movie. It reminds it's me. Just, the, it just reminds me of the Bill Burr thing, the Bill Burr stand-up where he's like talking about as a white man or whatever. He does a lot of stand-up and he goes around the country and he always knows that if he goes to like a bar after the show or whatever – and like, there's like a white guy at the bar or whatever, and then if like, he invites him over, and then the white guy looks around before he's like about to tell, like I, if he says I'm not racist, but and then looks around, <laughs> that's like the sign that he's about to like drop the end bomb. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that is that um, shortly after he covers? Uh, I love the bit he has about um, uh, you okay? 
Oh no, the coffee was just like precariously. It was like it's about ready. To, like <laughs> it was wow, like right there. That was, that, was, that was a close call. I love the bit uh, he has about uh, the first all black swim team. Like oh yeah, running out of movies. Yeah, you know, running out of movies to make. That's that's a really good bit by Bill Burr. What is it again? Like, uh, it's like he, and they just he just extrapolates it to like every different sport, or whatever. Like, yeah, get off yes. the field, yes. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he talks about like that's not what racism sounds like. It's not. It's not somebody you know screaming like right. Yeah, it's it's like you know whispering to the side. I don't yeah. know how I feel about blank. You know. Whatever. Yeah, it's probably you're right. I think that's probably the same bit. Uh, I can't that's keep track of. He's got a lot of specials. He does. He's so special. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's uh, so. Just to before we die, I want to talk about blockchain before we lose time uh, oh. today. But and that's something that I, I, I know I tortured you by sending you article after article in the past two weeks. We took a week off. Just we've been so busy, uh, and I mean, just so much things are going on in the world right now, and in, in our world too. Karim and Paul, comedy duo, we've talked about here here and there in the pod. Uh, it's just getting itself started, but we've got a lot of stuff coming out. We've got uh, got like we've got two currently in the works but we also have two more that are on the back burner and it's exciting we we did a wow. sketch last that's, week there's a couple there that i didn't even know about no <laughs> it's, it's the jamie and ronnie extracts oh, okay so a couple jamie and ronnie's well we got three we got three total jamie and ronnie's ones in the cooker right now wow these characters are gonna live a couple times and then we got the day. new uh hey man i gotta tell you something which i'm hyped on that's, i yeah i'm very excited we to went see to the uh we had to do a whole shoot last week with the um over at a, a grocery store, and uh, it was a, just a whole. It was great that we had yeah. two comedians help us out. Well, we, you and I, were the stars of the of the sketch. Uh, uh, what are the names of the characters again? It was uh, Don Tilly Winks. I played Don Tilly Winks. He played Bobby Florentine. Bobby Florentine. That's right. Yeah. Hey man, mm-hmm. is that Bobby Florentine? In, indeed. Yes. Yes, it is. Don Don Tilly Winks. So shout out to Zach Edwards. Shout out to Jay Morante. Shout out to Jay Morante. And uh, shout out to our Owen over at GPG, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was a great shoot, but uh, we've been really busy. I'm really excited for the viewers to check that out. I think it's going to be a really good sketch. I think Jamie and Ronnie is going to be really good, too. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff cooking with comedy-wise. Comedy started back up in Syracuse. We've got uh, uh, yes. a mic going on the east side of town, finally. Um, right out in the open. So it's uh, – where's that place called? It's the – Oh, that's Sir- public, right? Yeah, yeah it's okay. the Cuse uh, something or whatever. Uh, that's the Orange Crate Express in Mamulus. Am Manly- I right? Manlius, yeah. yeah. Mamulus. Thursday nights. Thursday nights. Uh, so things are happening in our world, you know, and I've got a lot of, I've been out a lot of doing a lot of video shoots and stuff. But, uh, man, I think things are starting to awaken up. Like, I think COVID's starting to kind of come on the outs. I think mm-hmm. 100 million Americans have been vaccinated uh, so far. Um, so I think that's – we're on the way to the quote-unquote herd immunity. And uh, I think that uh, – but I think people are getting like I think the whole like the COVID thing's driven people nuts. Like I almost got stabbed. I, I I nearly got stabbed last week. Yeah, that doesn't happen in a world where you're socially distancing all the time. So people are starting to warm back. No, up. it still happens on the north side of Syracuse. But like, bro, I uh, that happened, and it was just like. And I, have you noticed that people have been driving worse? Like people have just been driving preposterously. Like on the highway, every time I go down eighty one now, like somebody's just like somehow just veer. I don't know if weed's legal now or what. People are just like <laughs> veering it. I'm like, bro, what I, is going on? I think that's the. I don't think there's any ice on the road, so I'm gonna go <laughs> nuts now. Kind of, kind of post winter Syracuse driving, dude. It's bad but going over the lines. But like the stabbing thing, I told you about that. Like last week, I yeah. uh, wanted to go up to the north side of Syracuse to get a slice of pizza over at Dolores. Mm-hmm. They happen to be closed, <laughs> and I needed to take a. I, and so it was. It was insane, man. I literally, 
I needed to park on the right side, and I was going to parallel park. So, and the cars are pretty far behind me. So I'm like, I pull up, and I start to do, use my blinker to pull back. And somebody pulls up in a white, like Malibu, all blacked out windows, all blacked out. You can't see inside of it. And they're behind me, and I figure, since I was already kind of backing to the spot, I figure they're going to either back up or just stay where they're at or whatever. So I'm starting to back up yeah. slowly, and they're not moving. They're not moving, so I'm getting closer and closer. I'm like, what? so I have to basically stop, basically. All of a sudden, they're, they're, they're honking. They pull up next to me, and they roll down the all-blacked-out windows. And they're like, yo, man, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? What the fuck, man? I'm like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, just trying to park, man. Just trying to park, man. Mm-hmm. This fool hops out his car, dude, trying to, try to show off for his buddy or something. Pull, he comes up for, uh, behind his Malibu, comes up, and I'm, I'm trapped. Like, I'm, there's the curb, there's a car in front of me, car behind me, and then there's a car on my left side. Yeah. All of a sudden, he literally pulls out, like, a switchblade. Like, he pulls out a fucking knife. And he's like, what the fuck you think you're fucking doing? You almost hit my fucking car, man. And I just, like, the only technique I knew what to do in that situation, like, I didn't really have any weapons on me. I was just like, just trying to park, man. I'm sorry, man. Just trying to park. My, be, my bad, man. Just how trying does, to park. Just trying it, to park. How does it change if you had some nunchucks right next to you? Like, uh, well, you're right. I mean, I could have. Well, I could attempt. I, I could attempt to intimidate him, but like, I just figure, like, that's not. Like, that's almost like what he probably wa what he wants, right? He probably wants drama. He probably wants something or other to make I, it escalate the situation. I mean, that's what somebody's driving around the city, pulling, ready to pull a knife on somebody who doesn't even hit their car, but kind of almost does. Obviously, is looking for a reason. So I didn't want to give him any reason. I was like, I, just played. Yeah. I just played dumb. I was like. Just trying to park, man. Just trying to park. Like, who's going to fucking stab somebody in the face for saying that over and over again? I just trying to park. Like, even no matter how evil you are, it's kind of just like, all right, like, he's just trying to park. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like kind of like, unless you're completely insane. So, uh, and I would, I mean, if you try to stab me or something, I would obviously had to fight back. But it was really, it was, it was pretty scary. It was, but I, I just took that as a sign that, like, you know, the city's waking back up. <laughs> he yeah. back down People are out and about, ready to <laughs> ready, ready to, to stab motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> ready to exercise. You know, get involved. Yeah, in ready to exercise again. People are yeah. trying to get back in shape. <laughs> no, people aren't as afraid of being in prison from stabbing. Bro, that fool else. must have been, dude. But they're not locking people up anymore in some of these states, man. In New York, they're not really locking people up. Like the bail, they're doing bail. Uh, uh, excuse me, reform, which is in some ways good, you know, because for the long time, you could get out on bail if you were w wealthy. Oh, okay. You know, if you stabbed a motherfucker and went on bail for 50000 you could just pay the 50000 Gotcha. You know what I mean? But if you're poor, you couldn't. So that's been an inequity in a way. Mm. But then uh, just last week, there was a chick that uh, killed a woman over in Skyline Apartments right here off uh, James Street. Ooh. And she had already had five felony charges. And this new judge, uh, Felicia Pitts Davis or something like that, let her out because she believes in restorative justice and didn't want to have her on bail, blah, 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 whatever. She had five, like, previous or something felonies in the air or something. She still let her out, and she literally went ahead and this 22-year-old woman went ahead and stabbed and, like, or killed a 90-year-old woman over in Skyline Apartments. They didn't find the body for 17 days. Wow. wow. I'm sort of just free free speaking right now, unfortunately. Yeah, but, yeah uh, that's a lot to take in. I just, you know. It's just like even... the city's waking back up, man. We're getting crime. <laughs> crime's happening again. It's getting it's starting to roar. Things are popping. Things are happening. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up. It has nothing. Well, it, everything has to do with the new times, man. The city's, city's life hasn't changed in a long time. There's still a lot of crime. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about these bail reform things. On the one hand, you got the good thing. You got the bad element of it. Uh, but, uh. I don't know if that has to do with the fact that the dude stabbed me, almost stabbed me the other day. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was out on bail, though. Oh yeah, I I I, uh, I understand based on the story you just told why <laughs> why you would have that concern. 
All right, so uh, well, si- I'm glad that you're here, Karen. Stab wounds, uh, stab free, baby. Non-existent. Yeah, yeah. No extra holes. Oh uh, man, I know. I see the coffee's kicking in now. I'm starting to speed up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, all right. so, uh, okay. Here in New York, marijuana has been legalized. Yeah, it has. Right. It's uh... in a desperate plea to cling to power. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo has done what he couldn't do in the past two or three years for no reason at all, which was pass legalized marijuana. And uh, as you can see out the window, there's just smoke filling the streets. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's like people thought it was smog the first day, but then they got a whiff of it and realized, <laughs> nope, that's a weed cloud. I think I, I used to have a dumb joke on stage I used to do, which was like how I would drive up to Canada or whatever and just see like the smoke or whatever rising up or something over <laughs> Toronto or whatever. Um, it's... It's literally like I'm guessing that the usage rate went up zero percent. Yeah, I think it was something that was already ignored. Uh, the thing that surprised me the most about the legislation was the fact that you can actually – I mean it makes sense I guess. But you can actually smoke marijuana like in anywhere you can smoke a cigarette besides a car. You can smoke marijuana. Oh, okay. okay. So like you can literally just like walk down Armory Square and like smoke a cigarette. I mean a, a joint now. Yeah. So there's like no. I mean, that's I. I like that. I think it's cool. I think it's uh, been a long time coming. I don't think it's strong enough of a uh, of a drug to be uh, worthy of the, you know, extreme criminalization. It also in my time as an Uber driver, if I've <laughs> learned one thing, it's that everyone smokes weed. Like almost every single person that gets in your car is reeking. Well, if they're partying, weed. yeah, kind of. Mm. No, not yeah, even that. Like, I'm saying a high percentage of people a are high. A high percentage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a large amount, so it seems like it's something that the general populace wanted. And if the people truly do, uh, uh, if the government is a voice for the people truly, then then at some point shouldn't the people get what they generally want? Um, I'm not a fan of like the whole uh, of race-based argumentation and identity politics in general. Um, but I can kind of see the I can kind of see how marijuana legalization is a little bit of a, a social or a racial equity, uh, be, and I've, I saw it this way uh, and because uh, even though whites and blacks and other basically in general uh, people of of all races uh, okay. apparently have similar uh, drug use rates, uh, the incarceration rates for for black Americans are so much higher uh, for drug charges, gotcha. which is obviously an inequity. So I can see why, and that's part of the reason why when they legalize it, they always like do these like funds and stuff for like the inner city and for like uh, African Americans and stuff. Like it's kind of weirdly like whatever, but like I can see kind of why. Okay. Because it's like even though whites and blacks smoke as much weed, they've been arresting the black people like crazy. Yeah, yeah I never weed. like to pluralize the word yeah, that's, black. What about if you put the the in front of? <laughs> nope. It got worse. The whites. Yeah, I think you. J- <laughs> you just sound so hateful. Oh man. <laughs> We got a black guy coming on soon, I promise. <laughs> I'm not racist. I'm brown. I get a pass, man. I get to talk about everybody. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, it's good. I think it's good. Uh, good job, Cuomo. I wonder if this is going to help you stay in power or not. Yeah, I mean, you, you grab too many booties or something. Mm-hmm. You're a damn fool. Uh, but uh, anyway, moving on from that, uh, we're going to get closer and closer to the topic at hand here. Digital, blockchain, infrastructure, Okay. Karim, please explain the blockchain. Wait. Before I get there, I want to give a criticism. I've been working on that sound, that pull quote right there for, for a while. We're going to get there. 
But first, I was like, I, I wanted to say, say that twice in the past say. week. So I've been uh, I've been turning into a hot white girl. Oh yeah. Which means I've been going to Starbucks and other places like that. Go you. Practically all the time. Like I never thought I'd be this way. I never thought I'd be so wasteful. But then I discovered like all the amazing like shaken espressos at Starbucks. Here's the thing. And all the mocha javas and all the other rest of it. Breves over at uh, Recess. Bro or girlfriend, you don't have to worry because here's the thing. Every time you spend money now on something that was normally wasteful or terrible for your budget, you're just helping people stay employed and you're just supporting the local economy, even when you go to a chain store. So this COVID, this, <laughs> like, like Starbucks, it just, it, it just like, I don't know, you're, you're giving this, these, uh, these restaurants and local shops business. Like, well, I am going to go to recess, that's for sure. Yeah, oh, hit that recess, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, but my point being, uh, twice in the past week, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I took my hot white little ass into these stores and I swayed my hips, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, there was two times where like something happened with like the register and the power or something, or not even the power, but like the internet connectivity. And so like the baristas and stuff were like, we're sorry, not to me, but to other people, well, actually to me once, They're like our system is down. We don't know how to, we don't know what to do. We can't. Take money and give coffee. We don't. Uh, the system is that. You know what I mean. And like, and that's like just was a reminder to me of like how now digital is so cool. But at the same time, it's like it's so stupid that like if you if the system goes down now, all of a sudden we can't even do the transaction at all. Mm-hmm. So like I was at cafe, uh, not Kubal, uh, the other place over. Who cares? Over off Solar Solar, Solar Street. And uh, there was an old lady who's like, it was kind of sad. She like went up to the counter. I'd like to have a coffee or whatever. And then, like the the woman, was, the girl was like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. Our system is down, and I don't know what to do. And like the old lady just didn't understand. She was like, I like a coffee. Oh, <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Our system is that. Da- I like a coffee. It was just like the most ridiculous loop. And finally, the lady, old lady was just like, I'll sit down and wait. Yeah. So anyway, the lady's like freaking out, or the barista's freaking out, pulling her hair out, trying to call the manager. I don't know what to do because the, the register we can't use the register. We don't have the we don't have the money. We don't. Have the, so I was like so dumb. And then and then I went to um, recess, and something similar happened. I ordered like a a, a sandwich, and I ordered a, a coffee and a sandwich. And I was like, I was just I got the coffee, and I'm sitting there waiting. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. Actually, I was researching blockchain, so I wasn't completely wasting my time. But oh, I was good, waiting, waiting, waiting. Good. I was like, oh, what? How's this thing work again? And then, and then I mean, you looked like, up and it said, it doesn't. <laughs> 15 minutes later, I'm like, hey, bro, you got the sandwich for Anthony? Uh, we don't got a sandwich for Anthony. Uh, like, And then the one guy freaked out. He gave me a scone and stuff. It was nice. But he was like, oh, there's something. We got a problem with the system. We got a problem with Bro, the, the cook's right behind you. Oh, yeah. What do you need to put in the system yeah. for? Like, this is ridiculous. In my experience driving for Grubhub and DoorDash. That's all digital. So, so much of it was I drove to the place. They didn't get the order. Now we got. Now one of us or both of us has to call tech support to talk to this third party. And to, instead of just being able to be like, "Yo, can we just figure this out?" Yeah, it was cookies and a sub. Let's like let's get that done. You just click yes and let's go. Yeah, like so much can get solved with the with the connection here, the interwebs yeah. between people. Right. No, you know? for real. But um, I mean, on occasion it would work out. Like they'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It sounds like you guys relayed the message. Good job. Other times they'd straight up cancel it. I was like, "But I already drove here," and they're like, well, "Unfortunately, you don't get paid." Like it, it was, it was, it was Dumbsville at times. It's really dumb. And the more we rely on this stuff, it's like all the stuff that most people don't even understand. Oh, like so. It's yeah. like if, for for example, in the worst case scenario, well, 
if the grid goes down or the power goes down, okay, a normal example, if the power goes down or if uh, the system, the local system goes down, you're kind of half screwed. And then if worst case scenario, like in the more preposterous scenario, if you had like an EMP attack or something like that, like you had like China, like drop a nuclear bomb in the United States or whatever, okay. like, and all the power lines go down, everything from food to water, even water is probably digitally monitored at this point, like irrigation yeah. systems and all that water, internet, like everything we rely on just like so, so, so much is, uh, supply chains. You want to get something from Amazon. You want to order stuff from the grocery store. Half the people are ordering on Instacart. It's like. Uh, it's uh, this is a uh, something we got to be concerned with uh, as we go into the digital times. What, what does EMP stand for again? Well, it's like electromagnetic power. Some. Uh, so the idea that a bomb that would destroy all cell phones, all cell towers. You ever see area. Ocean's Eleven? I have. Do you remember how they hired that one guy to go outside of the casino with that like weird machine and just like press the button and all of a sudden all the power went out? And that's how they swapped out the cameras or something, the camera feed. Yeah, I think that's when they like plugged okay. in the. There are something along those, or maybe that was, I don't remember, but it was part of the plan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was an EMP, a local EMP, but a nuclear bomb would function as an EMP. Anything that knocks, I don't know what it stands for, but you can look it up if you'd like to, but anything that knocks out. Yeah. Imagine this though. You're planning a heist. That's going to be the biggest payday ever. And you want want to plan one? That's the day that China drops an EMP on you and you can't pull it off anymore. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that would be one use case problem. Uh, <laughs> but that turned out to all be part of the plan. So, like, uh, Biden just announced his infrastructure plan. Uh, they're going to spend another $2 trillion, but they're going to shore up. The electric lines are going to shore up all the roads and all the bridges in America, which I think is good in general. I hope oh, that yeah. they're going to shield. Like, there's a, I don't know that much about EMPs, but I know that you can sh- shield the electric lines to make them more resilient. Mm. Hopefully they'll do stuff like that because I believe a lot of our electric lines are just, like, Ready to be blown out by any EMP. I mean, the EMP like, basically you think like a second thing of rubber or something. Or I don't know, man. I don't know enough. Tape? I'm gonna have to keep doing research on this. Uh, but it's uh, it's important that we this infrastructure is really important, and they're gonna lay a ton more internet cabling as well across America to try to connect to lower income uh, communities and rural communities. That to sounds the excellent. Um, I thought I thought the solution was gonna come from the sky. I thought uh, right, you know, not Skynet, but the internet of the sky, the satellite internet. Right. Elon Musk has a whole project. Uh, something about the stars or something. Sky, yeah, Starnet, star, 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 Starlink. Starlink. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and, it, yeah, and he's got he's he started it's already starting to use it. Uh, yeah. But I think that uh, they're also going to run more cabling throughout America just to have uh, hardwire broadband, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. We're just uh, it's it's all this stuff as we move into digital. It's like things are getting more and more like. It, it's weird. The more and more things get digital and not real and not real circuitry and not real, like real, but not like, you know, digital or uh, mo- uh, tactile, non-tactile, non-fixable by the average person you, made by computer chips that are machined by, with, you know, one millionth of a whatever through a whatever and all the other things that you can't do by yourself or by mm. a local electrician can barely do and all that. It, it, it almost makes me think that maybe there were past civilizations and like eventually they, just get, they upload everything into the cloud, right? They didn't even have any analog shit no more. Everything was just like in the cloud. Everything was in the blockchain. Everything was in the internet. And then when they got wiped out by whatever aliens or by God or something like that, like that's why there's no trace. Because so, there was no trace. It was so, just all in the cloud. So we're gonna find Atlantis on the blockchain? <laughs> no, we're not gonna find it. It's it's, it's been de- decimated. If you destroy the monitors, or sorry, you destroy the servers, you destroy the computers, which wouldn't take that long by for erosion and stuff to just destroy. Okay. Okay. Maybe two thousand years or less. That shit's just gone. Mm. And now it's just like uh, you know. And then you got to start all over again. Wow. You got to start from caveman era. You got to start from Adam and Eve all over again. We did. 
I wonder. I, I don't know. I'm not saying there wasn't Atlantis. This is not getting to, into something crazy, but it's not hard to imagine if you had a very digital society where more and more and more and more of the actual culture and everything else is actually not tangible. How in the world is that going to be preserved? I know we're running out of time. We got to, We only got about 15 more, 20 more minutes. And I know that today, wanted to talk about blockchain. What the fuck is it? You and I have been investing in it longer than we knew what it was because we were like, oh, ah, yeah. we're gonna. This is a thing. This is <laughs> this is the next thing. Yeah. We gotta. And we we've been semi successful so far. It's like trying to describe love. It's a feeling. You know, it's <laughs> it's uh, when you you know it when it's there. And you and, and uh, you you learn to trust in it. You know that's that's basically the best way I could describe it when I first started hearing of it. it. Just sounds obscure, you know. Dude, I've been doing so much research on this blockchain, and I kind of get it now. Yeah, I don't totally get it. It's. Do you feel like it's a toss away word that people like who are promoting something are like? Yes. You know, with the innovative technology and the collaboration upon cross platform work through blockchain. Yes. Like, please invest in us. Uh, and like, it's it's like it's like a Shark Tank desperate statement. Like, well, these bracelets will uh, interlink to the web through blockchain technology. Yeah. Like, it's just like they just throw it in, and it means nothing to most people. I think they're like, just, oh, that's. That's money tech, right? Like that's like <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. I think it's a good name. Like it's yeah, a good, oh, it's a good yeah. memeable name. Just like Bitcoin is also a good name. Oh yeah, Ethereum is not bad, but they just sticky. sound like they just sound sticky. Mm, like uh, yeah, it's uh, it's oh, I, okay. So after doing so much research, I can say with some confidence that Bitcoin P is it's really just. A way of keeping track of things. Uh, you, you mean blockchain, right? Blockchain. Blockchain, blockchain is Bitcoin the- being basically the first blockchain or the first uh, real use of blockchain technology. It's a ledger, mm-hmm. uh, a ledger being a record keeping of things, and it's not – there's no centralized authority to it. Okay. So what it means is for the longest time, if you had any finance – and it's usually used for value exchanges – so for the longest time, if you wanted to exchange value, you'd have to have some kind of third party. You'd have to have the bank in between and that, oh, I'm going to send you funds via PayPal and that's going to take two or three days to clear through my Chase bank account. That's going to take – or you just do it directly through the bank, but that even takes can, can take time. Oh, business hours were closed till 4 o'clock in the – whatever. You know, in Shanghai, it's going to take 12 hours, 24 hours to – oh, got to go to West uh, – what's the – I don't know. All, all these ways are inefficient. Mm-hmm. And you got to deal with a third party, which you have to trust, which most of us do trust, essentially, banks and governments. But that's not infallible, right? You could have yeah. a, a – hypothetically, there's definitely been bad banks and scams and uh, who was that one dude that got sent to jail in 29 uh, – Ber- uh, Bernie Madoff and all that, the rest of it. There can be yeah. bad intermediaries. The Ponzi schemes of it all, right? Yeah. So this is actually really uh, interesting. It's a computer programs that allow you to send and receive funds or anything of value – without having anybody in between. Nobody's in between. And it's a whole complicated way that it works, and I'm probably going to go into some of that, but it's that's really, at the end of the day, that's really all it is. It's, it's a decentralized network of exchange that allows you to send and receive money or anything else uh, that you may, that, of value, uh, without that intermediary, without having to pay some fees to the, the middleman, without having to deal with the bank, without having to wait excessive amounts of time. And it creates... Essentially, an infallible um, accounting of it, a ledger, a, a statement yes. of saying, no, 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 you bought blank and then it was sent to you here and it is yours now. This asset is yours until you move move it somewhere else. Whether that's 
you paid X amount of of bitcoins for a movie, and then that movie that digital file was sent to you, the goods for services, right? Um, paying paying an asset for 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 a commodity. Yeah, it's what they call immutable. It's immutable. A, it's not. What does that mean? Immutable means it's it can't be changed. It's very very hard to tamper with this technology. It uses advanced mathematics, cryptography to be exact, yeah. uh, the science or whatever, or the math rather of encoding and encrypting messaging. Yeah. They actually use this Satoshi Nakamoto in his white paper when he he's the the unknown. We don't really know who he is. Founder of Bitcoin. Yeah, he came up with the system to use um, this uh, this advanced mathematics that uh, that has been developed based on uh, key uh, private and public key cryptography. That basically means you can send and receive messages, but in order to do so or or money, you have to have these private keys associated with the public key. Yeah. And it's this whole thing where basically it solves this problem of like, hey, we don't know, did that really happen or not? It's uh, sorry, I'm starting to get a little off track again. Uh, hang on. No, it's it, it, this is a big topic. Would you say that um, like as I studied blockchain, I felt like maybe the most impressive thing, the thing that makes it really go the best is the fact that it's like, yeah, like if you corrupted one accounting of the ledger, but there's like millions of them spread out across all, exactly. all of the, all of the yes. blockchain, like yes. literally all these that you're like, no, 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 that will just get punted out. And this community of, of yes. thousands or millions of yes. computers will correct that through complicated math. That is literally one way math problems is what they were talking about. Yeah. One and, way functions. Yep. And the idea that like, literally it's like, Hey, um, every other week we hear like, Oh man, Apple got hacked or this guy yep. hacked. Facebook got like, hacked last what week. You 32 million Americans. About, what you don't hear about is the blockchain itself got hacked. You I might hear about happened, Coinbase getting hacked or something, but you think it has been hacked. It okay. has been hacked. Well, I don't know if co- blockchain or uh, Bitcoin has been hacked, but I don't in know general, about Bitcoin, but like a blockchain in general. Okay. So yes. So the way that it works, so a lot of this is based in the this old cryptography problem called the Byzantine Generals problem, okay. which was like poised and posed in the eighties, and they oh. kind of solved it basically more more or less. But it's they haven't really solved it, solved it. But it's a problem in any messaging, any messaging or sending or receiving, the concept of corruption, the concept of something uh, like the game of telephone. Like if we play the game of telephone, somebody okay. whispers to somebody else. It could get corrupted by the time you get to the 10th person. Somehow, uh, your mom likes elephants. It turns into uh, the elephant fucks your mom or whatever. Like, by okay, the time yeah, it gets to the end of the yeah. chain, you know, remember playing telephone in third grade? One, you yeah. remember third grade, right? That's how we used to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a really vulgar third grade. But yeah. It was a really vulgar third grade. And you, yeah. then you tell the teacher, and she's like, oh, my God. No, it never like, was. It no, it was never really it was the other bad. way around. It was usually, I feel like it was usually more like, okay, like it turns out like the clown is red, and then it turns into somehow like Billy likes goats or whatever. Like it's just like it was usually. I, I don't remember the tele, the game of telephone going especially well. You're right. Ever. It wasn't that like, explicit. That, I was yeah. trying to make a bad joke. No, no, no. I meant like I, I don't remember ever getting to the end of the telephone game and having it be accurate. Really, like it was. So basically, the yeah. the Byzantine generals problem was like the concept of like you got generals surrounding a city that are all on the same side and they want to attack the city, okay. but they got to coordinate the attack. Hmm. And they're not, and they're separated. And how do they how do they get the messages to each other or whatever to get that consensus of we're attacking now? Gotcha. So what if one of the generals is corrupted? What if the messenger is corrupted? All the other stuff. Hmm. So you have to come up with some sort of consensus mechanism in order to come up with the best and most valid like uh, answer. And I'm not going to get into the Byzantine too much, but in blockchain's use case, the way they did it was they came up with a system called proof, proof of work. Now, the way that proof of work is you and I want to send money to each other. Hmm? 
We don't, and the way we're going to do it is we're going to do it all digitally. It's all on this this ledger, this invisible ledger. Uh, we do it on the internet. I say we're doing any kind of person to person network. We have a uh, we have a, a ledger, and it's like it's on the internet, and it's in, on this on this application. It's like oh, we could just write into it, right? We could just I could just write in. Karen pays Paul five dollars, and then Paul, you come in and say, "Oh, Paul, uh, Paul pays Karen, blah blah blah." And then Judy comes in and says, "I got a big booty. So here's six dollars." I don't know. So we have this, but how do we trust each other? That I'm not just gonna go in and be like, eh, "Actually, Paul owes me twenty or whatever." Okay. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So the first thing you would want to do is have some sort of signature, some sort of verification for the other party, you know, to say that okay, yeah, he did buy that stuff from me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you could. Coding-wise, you could copy and paste that exact message a zillion times and have a double spending problem where, oh, Paul approved my thing where Paul approved that he owes me $5. Let me go into that ledger and just copy and paste that his signature in that exact line of code over and over again. Kind of like let's say you um, you got to hold my checkbook and uh, you had one signed check, but then you were really, really uh, effective at like copying, copying that signature by your hand or, or through scanning it somehow and actually like were able to – uh, print a new check or whatever. Like basically, uh, how do you how do you avoid duplication? Yeah, actually, yeah. I skipped a step too okay. because uh, th- that's the double spending problem that we we're going to solve vis-a-vis proof of work. Okay. But before we have that problem, what about the problem of just like, you know, like me just going in and adding stuff like mm-hmm. lines of code? Oh, Paul did this, and I'm going to put this. So copy, that paste, that's, copy paste. Yeah. Copy, so paste. that's the whole um, public private key. Cryptography that got really advanced in the last 20, 30 years. Okay. There's a public key, which is basically my wallet or your wallet. There's a public key for that. And yeah. that's public knowledge. We can all know where the wallet address is. Nobody cares. That's the public key. But there has to be a corresponding private key that only you know and only for your wallet, only you know your private key. And for my wallet, only mm-hmm. I know my private key. And through that combination of public and private, that's the only way you can unlock the wallet. Yep. And then have that signature verification. So that's the first yeah. step is to have that element where nobody can just go in and just add lines of code. We actually have this cryptographic. Uh, means public and private keys in order to secure the this actual sending and transacting. Yep. Now the public key, uh, if I understood it correctly, that would be the QR code uh, on um, like my buddy wackychad.com. I have a friend who's he's a street performer. If you if you go to his thing, he would he would say like uh, donate or something like he might have a, a, a like want to pay me or donate or whatever. Uh, uh, here's a QR, QR code. You can send me uh, you know Bitcoin or whatever. Uh, that uh, that QR code is the public facing key, and it's basically the receiving key. But for him to actually yeah. uh, access it and then choose where to send that yeah. that currency of whatever whatever you send to him, uh, if in this case we were saying Bitcoin, so it would be specific to just Bitcoin. That right there, that that uh, that that second key yeah. would be um, basically his entry into whatever place he's storing that. Like it would be the recovery phrase or it would be the um, other crazy long QR code and stuff that yes. he only has access to. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it could be a QR code. It can take the form of a QR code, but it's ultimately it's a, it, what it really is is a sets of ones and zeros because how computers work is it's just ones and zeros. I've heard that. I have. So even if it were like uh, phonetic, A, B, C, D, D, all those A's, B's, and C, like that would all somehow represent the ones and zeros. Like an A might be zero 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 one one two two or whatever. You know, or not, sorry, no two. Okay. An A might be zero zero one one. That yeah. kind of thing. A B might be a zero one zero one. I don't know. Yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff. It all translates. And so anyway, uh, we you you have that encryption, and it's often the form of two fifty six bit encryption, which basically means 
uh, I know I'm kind of messing this up probably. And one day we'll have people who are smarter than uh, me talk about blockchain on here. Um, you but, can throw me in there, man. You can throw me in with you. <laughs> right. uh, but basically my point being that these are these are so encrypted. This is so encrypted. If you, if you use 256 bits, that means that in order to crack these, the private key, for example, you'd basically have to – it's like uh, – I think it's – Two raised to the 256 power in order to like you have to brute force guess and check over and over again to try to find that key. Like it's that preposterous, it's that insane because it's two raised to 256, which means because there's two options, one or zero, okay. and then you raise it to 256 because that's the number of uh, uh, bits in the key or in the in the key. Yeah, that, oh, wow. that, and so now you're looking at zillions or whatever. You know that's a t- technical term right there, zillions. Okay. So anyway, it's very encrypted. Cryptography came very far with mathematics and the rest of it. And one-way functions. Okay, so now we got this key exchange, right? You sent me money, I and and you signed it digitally vis-a-vis keys. And now, great, the ledger is not going to be changed from that. But if I were sneaky, I could just go in and copy and paste that exact line of code, double spending problem, and put it over and over again. Sure, you can't. I can't change it to say it was ten dollars, it was twenty dollars, it was thirty dollars, or whatever. Yeah, I can't do that. But I could just copy and paste that exact line of code, that that one transition over and over again to try to mute the ledger. So, or mess up to mess up the ledger. Okay, yeah. so the now we've kind of gotten somewhere. Now this whole proof of work algorithm is a way so that we can uh, actually make sure that doesn't happen, and that no one person who's involved in Ledger, you, me, or Big Booty Judy, is able uh, or Big Cock Carol, co- uh, no, Big Cock uh, Chad. Sorry, no. Uh, wow. I'm, right. I'm trying to be. Uh, I'm trying to be sexist in both ways. Hang on. We got Big Booty Judy and we got Big Cock Cody. Yeah, you were going to say Karam for a while there, weren't you? You were like, I don't want to give myself too much of a compliment. Okay, but, uh, I'm going to just, I'm going to, I just want to make sure I'm always uh, equal stakes uh, rudeness towards all. <laughs> to all. <laughs> okay, I'm going to get rid of the offenders. names. I'm going to get rid of the names. Anyway, okay, now, yeah. all right, we got to the point where, okay, we got a signature. We got, we sent the money on the wallet. That's great. It's working out okay. But now it's like, hey, maybe somebody goes in, takes too much power, just copies and pastes the code, line of code. So we don't want to have any individual doing that. We don't want to give anyone too much power. We don't want to. We don't want a bank. We don't want a, a PayPal. We don't want a government. We don't want all this intermediary stuff. How do you do that? Okay, this proof of work thing <sighs> means that another part of the network, uh, what's called a miner, and Gisela Maxwell, don't get too excited. Epstein, don't get too excited. We're talking about a different kind of miner. <laughs> uh, a miner is what's is going to go ahead and try to. It's so weird, but basically what they're trying to do. So when I transact with you and you transact, each of us sends out the message to the rest of the network. Hey, I sent five to Paul. You're also saying that. Mm-hmm. They're all they're sending that out. Now, what the miner is trying to essentially do is take that information, and they're all racing. There's a bunch of different miners racing to do it. They're trying to basically take that information and put it into a what's called a block or a, a large unit of information uh, that's going to be chained to the next large unit of information. And they're going to try to basically create a hash function that basically has any sort of random thing. Like the Bitcoin rule could be you have to create a function that uh, spits out 40 zeros in the beginning. So that means they take your information and my information and then they put it in with the hash of the last block or something. They put it in and they have to keep trying. So they're using computing power to brute force, that is guess and check over and over again until they find the correct answer that spits out something that starts with 40 zeros, for example. Okay. The rule could be 40 zeros for Bitcoin. It needs to start with 40 zeros. And once they get that, which is basically almost a lottery system because it's just guessing and checking, checking, guessing and checking. Once they solve the problem, that means that they get to they get the, to write that block. 
And they expended so much computing power to do that that uh, it's like, first of all, they want the reward. They get a reward for doing so. So mm-hmm. if they win this and they actually get to write the code, they get a block reward, which could be a couple Bitcoins, and it could also be they get the transaction fees. But it's so it's almost impossible for them to like to be corrupt and just change all the blocks or whatever because uh, it's almost impossible for, for one node or one miner to win every single time because it's literally just a brute force race to try to find this this resulting one-way function that puts our information in and then spits out something that happens to have 40 zeros. Gotcha. They have to keep guessing, testing, guessing, testing. That's why these mining rigs run all day long, whirring and buzzing and using electricity, which and is... occasionally they win. And they occasionally win. So this miner might win this day, a miner might, over there might win another day, but it's decentralized because it's almost impossible for one miner to win over and over again. But per second, like or per per minute, or how often does the the block get written every? A block gets written approximately every ten minutes. Okay, on blockchain, which is rather does, slow. Is the payout because like, I know it spits out uh, Bitcoin spits out. Uh, I'm just speaking just about Bitcoin, but other ones do it different ways. It it, it it rewards them with Bitcoins. Is that reward go all to one computer, or does it does it get rewarded to multiple people? I think it depends on like uh, if there was a. F- like you could have like a Bitcoin like farm kind of thing. Like you'd have like a number of them chained up together or whatever, different okay. uh, different uh, computers. But yeah, it basically goes to one like mining like network, I guess. Gotcha. Like you could be one computer, yeah. What's interesting is uh, it's very popular now uh, for uh, your mining rigs, your your computers that you're building, these supercomputers, to uh, be full of graphics cards, right? Graphic cards? Yeah, because they can – And uh, yeah. back when I was in high school, uh, the way you did complicated math – was through graphing calculators. And now the way that our computers do complicated math is through graphic cards. Uh, there's there's a... That's interesting. No, it's not. <laughs> but All thank right. you for the pivot. I'm going to attempt to just read this thing that I tried to summarize yesterday. I'm going to just read it and see if it makes more sense or not. I was attempting to do a, hey, Karim, explain it like it's five. Explain like I'm five what blockchain is yeah. and why it's important. But this is my best way, which is not even good. So we're not going to be able to take that bite. But it's – okay, I want to send money to you. We don't want to use money. Dollars, they're dirty and they're infl- inflationary. We don't want to use chickens or goats because we've gotten over that like a thousand years ago. It's way too messy and whatever. We don't want to use gold and silver. That's too much liability. What if we get shot on the way to bring you the gold? All the rest of it. And it's heavy. We don't want to go to the bank. It's going to take too long. All that other stuff. Okay. So we create a person-to-person network connected by the internet where you can do it. Or any other. It doesn't have to be the internet per se, but we use the internet because it's the easiest way to chain computers together. Sure. Person-to-person network. Okay. How do we know that everyone's going to use this as a new exchange of value? Well, basically, it's just based on popularity. The more popular it gets, the more valuable the coin becomes, this digital currency. Okay. So it's a big network. We got a list of transactions going on this ledger. As we as we have, let's say we have four people. We got Judy, we got uh, Cody, we got Karen, we got Paul, and uh, we got this big network with a list of transactions. Okay, everyone gets a digital signature, the form of keys. You got a private key that's your wallet basically, and we got a public key uh, that allows you to unlock it, and that's your uh, uh, your wallet's uh, ID basically. All right, so then we got a phone call coming. Which means I know we have almost no time. This is not going to happen, are we? we? We have almost no time, huh? I know. We better just uh, give up. I mean, we're past your heart out. Well, 11.15 is a real. Oh, okay. But yeah, okay. Dang. Man, there's so much to this. I guess we're going to have to just do this more in the future. I think we're getting somewhere, though. I think we're starting to understand it. I think I think uh, it's something we're going to have to table a discussion and, and uh, keep digging in. 
Um, but I think the point for the viewers and the listeners to understand more than all this technical stuff I'm trying to get through, which I guess we're not going to have time for, is two things. One is that like this could this could have huge use power in a lot of different things like finance. We talked about finance. Oh, absolutely. Because you have this ledger that can't be modified for the reasons we tried to explain. It's almost impossible to modify. It would take too much computing power. You'd have to have control. And you'd also have to control uh, more than 50% of, of the uh, mining power, which is nearly impossible as well, partially because it's a lottery-based system. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the only way you'd be able to like modify and, and hack it. So it's almost imp- so basically you're creating a ledger that can't be modified easily at all. So yep. it's very very safe. So any yeah. financial exchange could be used. Asset management, anything in the digital space like NFTs, we've talked about that art that's based on the internet or anything else can now be owned on a blockchain very well. And then we also uh, you could possibly have like farming records. Like if you go to a produce counter, you want to buy some bananas, you could scan the QR code on the bananas and find out in the blockchain a blockchain hey. Oh, these are all the processes that happened. These are the pesticides or, or not pesticides. These these are the steps that took place. This is where they shipped it. Yeah. All that other stuff can be stored in the blockchain. And so, and I think finally, health system, the healthcare system, which needs overhaul. It's wicked, uh, you know, messed up and uh, uh, piecemeal. If you had a blockchain with everybody's health information on it, it would be a very secure way to store all that information. So you go from doctor to doctor, they can just access that blockchain mm. and find out your record history and it can't really be uh, hacked or it can't really be easily uh, forged. Interesting. So there's a lot of use cases. And finally, I'd like to say, I, uh, to click quickly, I also would like to say that, uh, this is, uh, I wanted to go into this, man, we got so much to talk about. I'm, I guess this is what happens. We take a week off from podcasting. You just like get yeah. stored up information. But I think this is like the logical next step in the history of technology. Cause if you look at the history of technology, it's really like a history of decentralization in a way, right? Like, okay. let's go all the way back real quick. Go all the way back to the printing press. Okay. So before the printing press that was invented in 1440, you have, you know, information is, is controlled and stored by the big institutions. You have uh, governments and you have the Catholic Church practically, basically. And maybe whatever in the East you might have had the Chinese government. They're in charge of record keeping and the rest, all right? The printing press allows for make it way, way easier for smaller people, smaller organizations and smaller governments and smaller everything else to start printing and keeping records. Yeah. Basically, when books were really, really, really scarce because they were all handwritten, only the elite literates of the world or whatever, whatever the category was, religious, whatever, those people got to read and, and people like, it's hard to think of it now because we think, we take reading for granted so easily, but like, even getting to see a book in your life would have been like a big deal at some point on the planet. You know? Probably. Or, or, or the idea that you got to touch, uh, like most likely it would have been a Bible if it was in Europe, right? And at a certain time. In Europe, and everything was written and kept in Latin. The vulgar, the vulgar yeah. uh, language wasn't like considered to be sacred or whatever. So like everything was written in Latin. So even if you speak German, and even if you somehow, for some reason, read German, which I don't think a lot of people read at that time anyway, but if somehow you could read it, like you wouldn't even be able to read the Bible because it was written in Latin. So you'd have to go through the intermediary, the priest, and the rest yeah. of it. So you have, you have a lot of centralization to power. You get the printing press. What happens? Oh, it just happens to be the case that literally, how long get later? Basically like 50 or 60 years later, you get the Protestant Revolution. You got Martin Luther knocking on the door, 95 theses. You know, they're, they're, and they're able to, and they're starting to do their church services and everything else in the local language. Yeah. So they're starting to democratize the, ch- the church, basically. Mm. I know we don't have time, but basically then... 
basically not even that much longer after that, you have the Copernican revolution, you have the scientific revolution, all of a sudden we're, we're questioning all this stuff, this dogma about uh, the church and the, and the government said that the earth was the center of the universe. No, like, you know, Galileo and Copernicus were like, no, like the earth, the sun is actually the center of the universe. And you have uh, Francis Bacon, you have uh, Newton, he discovers gravity law and all of the rest of it. Yeah, this is all starting to accelerate. Basically, once you allow more people access to a bunch of knowledge that broadens your mind, lets you uh, take some things in, then more people uh, means better questions get asked, better questions get posed, and now that's that age of discovery, questioning, and then leading to um, uh, actual real discoveries and real real facts being found, and then there was a pushback from from the the powers that be at that time, right? Well, yeah, and just Does that to, make sense? yeah, just to keep going right. with my speech because we don't have any Go time ahead. here. Yeah. Thank you for the <laughs> the uh, the quick. Uh, but we have the Age of Enlightenment next, which is like this whole discovery. And that's the 18th century. You discover like rights and liberties. So now we always had monarchs. We always had high priests. We always had like kings. Okay. Now all of a sudden we got the freaking American Revolution and we got the French Revolution. All the other revolutions that are in the West, at least, that are basically saying like, hey, no, we will give the people the power. They're enshrined by the Creator with these rights. We invented the concept of rights. Before, I mean, people were not considered as worthy, I mean, or whatever, as they were once rights were invented, and that wasn't that long ago. So now we're getting more decentralization, more and more and more. Now we get the Industrial Revolution in the 19th century. This speeds up all the communication. This speeds up technology. We've got electricity, the telegraph. The telegraph is like laid across the Atlantic Ocean, so now all of a sudden Europe and America are talking to each other nearly, not real time, but all that. You get all of a sudden, everything's flourishing. You've got the Lumiere brothers. They invent the freaking, uh, well, before that you had photography, then they invent the video and all that, or the film rather. And it's just like everything's just speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. And now you, it's like finally in the 20th century, you know, uh, we have radio. You have the flourishing of telephones. Basically, everything is more and more decentralized in my opinion. You have individual people are able to do – communicate about ideas and read ideas and talk about – express ideas way more rapidly and way more freely than they ever could in the past. And it's not tied up in these like governments and these hierarchies and these uh, – and these uh, priests and the rest of it, and you have the Protestants, and they, they're doing their own thing, and they got the Catholics are doing their own thing, and then finally get the internet, which is like basically the ultimate like thing, where it's just like now everybody's got all the information in their pocket. Mm-hmm. And finally, but then what happens, right? We got the dang, I gotta go, shit, I gotta go do a f- photo shoot. Um, then, but what's happened now is it's more centralized. At first, you have GeoCities in the 90s and the t- early 2000s. You got like GeoCities, Yahoo Blogs, yep. Yahoo Groups. You got like random micro blogs. You got uh, whatever all over the place. And then it's like in the last 10 years, it's starting to become like oh, 80% of the servers are owned by like Google, Amazon, Twitter, all the rest of it and all that stuff. And it's like starting to get a little bit of centralization again. And, and, and you got the crowds cheering for censorship or whatever for some weird reason. Which is like the history is like the antithetical to the whole history of censorship. Like the whole history of this is decentralization. But they're like, no, Google and Facebook need to like censor people. But anyway, you're starting to get a blockchain now, which is a further decentralization because you can't once it's in the ledger, you can't change it. Yeah, so you can't really go back and Big Brother in, and you can't just go back in there and like you can't have Facebook just go in there and be like, oh no, we're we're deleting it or we're whatever. I mean, maybe you could, you could real time disapprove it, I suppose. But basically, once it's in there, it's in there. And there's no censorship anymore. Like, and so that's what I think is why blockchain is important. It's actually it's a it's a record keeping mechanism that is very very censorship or tamper uh, resistant, which I'm think is important because I think decentralization and keeping power out of the hands of the few, because absolute power corrupts a- absolutely, as Lord Acton apparently once said. And uh, thank you for my soapbox speech for listening, Paul. And uh, I'm gonna be late to my shoot, so uh, uh, I'm gonna let you go. All right, dang it. You want to sign off? I wish we didn't have to sign off.
I think we gotta we gotta dive back into this topic another time. So that's been the uh, deep homie guide. What happened? So that's been the deep homie guide to the 21st century. I'm sorry if I was a little schizophrenic today, but uh, we had a lot to talk about. Thank you, uh, P. Daddy Woods, for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I hope that uh, someone got something out of this. And uh, if it was just horrible, please tell us. If it was wonderful, please tell us. Like, subscribe, and uh, have a great day.